Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 1. Here's Pastor Ryan. We got the Word of God today. Let's get right into that. Uh, Turn with me in your Bibles uh, to Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. That's Romans chapter 1. We'll be beginning in verse 8. And give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we thank you again this morning for your great mercy that endures forever. Lord, every morning they are new. And this day you've blessed us. It's so glorious, so beautiful, Lord. And we're just so grateful that we have you as our Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who made the heavens and the earth. And you created all of us. And we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And Lord, you've brought us to this place to study your word. And Lord, we need your grace. Holy Spirit, we need your guidance, Lord, for you're the one who gives us understanding. A preacher can only do so much. It is you who gives the understanding. And so, Father, open up our hearts this morning, Lord. Show us what you want us to uh, receive and uh, help us to uh, change and to be molded uh, more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray. Have your way with your church in our time. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say amen. And so the book of Romans, we haven't been in it in a while. It's been uh, uh, about a month actually uh, with everything that we've been doing. So uh, it's good to be back in it. Um, We did an extensive introduction uh, last time uh, we were in it. And I would just say... uh, Uh, A really quick reminder that the book of Romans was written, as you know, by the Apostle Paul to the church at Rome. We do not know how the church was established, uh, but uh, uh, scholars believe that it may have been the returning uh, new Christians from the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, making their way back to Rome and starting that church. But Paul had desired greatly to visit Rome uh, and so uh, and, and to see what the Lord uh, was doing there. He had heard much about them and really wanted to see them. He said uh, in, in, this, in his letter, the last time we were together, uh, he was giving uh, them uh, a wonderful greeting uh, and said to them, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he gave them that warm uh, Paul Uh, greeting that he would do in his other epistles uh, that he wrote uh, for us. Just a wonderful greeting for them. And then we begin in verse 8 as he continues with his letter to the Romans. It says, First I thank my God through Jesus Christ for whom all well, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all 
that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. And so Paul begins by saying that he thanks the Lord for them in his prayers. That all the world has heard of their faith and he's grateful to God for that. And that's a real blessing uh, to us this day. Uh, because we too rejoice when we hear that churches are doing good in the Lord. Because we live at a time when not all churches are doing good in the Lord. They may seem to be doing good outwardly, but inwardly, the doctrine of Jesus Christ is no longer being taught. And so, like Paul, there is great joy in my heart when I hear of of another church, and it doesn't matter the denomination, just another church that is truly standing for the precepts of the Lord Jesus Christ, that are teaching the doctrine that has always been taught throughout history or meant to be taught, right? That Jesus, when he preached, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That is the gospel message that the world needs to change and put their faith in Jesus Christ. And many churches don't want to, you know, give that message anymore because it's too controversial to ask people, excuse me, to change their lives. But it's a good thing to hear when churches are are doing good. Like Paul, we give thanks to God. And as a senior pastor, I get to meet, you know, other senior pastors from other Calvaries and, and uh, other Christians. And, you know, I like to share with them what the Lord is doing in our church and how God has put it on our heart to really make sure that we're standing for the precepts of the Bible, right? Because Satan has always tried to water it down, to change it, and to get churches and ministers not to preach the truth. And Christians not to live the truth or preach the truth either. So I like to share with them, like this is where God is, is, is speaking to us in these last days to don't, don't veer off from the word. Give the word. Give the good, the bad, all of it because it is what mankind needs to be made right with God. And then I share that and then they'll either say, hey man, we're doing the same thing or they'll say, oh, that's cool, but you know, you know, just keep teaching to love thy neighbor as thyself and or they'll say something like that which is basically you know don't don't share too much on on the judgment to come and and the wrath of God just always the grace and the fluffy stuff and no we need all of it there's a reason why the gospel message is good it's because it saves us from some very bad things that are coming upon the whole earth Amen? So it's good. I give thanks when I just meet churches that are legit. I just love it. Especially today because as we've been studying the last few few weeks in prophecy that it's been prophesied that in the last days it's going to get worse and worse that churches are not going to teach the truth in Second uh, Timothy chapter 4 verses 3 through 4 it says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth 
from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And so it's, there's going to be a time, we're living in those days, where you can find a church that's just going to tell you what you want to hear. And so, again, we thank God for the churches that are standing for his truth. Amen? All right. And so... Uh, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. And so here, Paul's letting us into his prayer life in how uh, God is his witness to the fact that he has been praying for them. And that is... Uh, the reality of, of, of solid, personal, private prayer. That there's only one person who is witness to our prayers, and that is the Lord. That is the Lord. And um, it is so important for us to develop that kind of prayer life with the Lord. We get together at church. We have our believers prayer meeting, corporate prayer. We pray on the grounds. We pray for one another. There's folks praying for us before we start our service here. All of that is amazing and very, very good. But in order for us to be developed as strong Christians, we need to follow Jesus's example, who often went to um, secluded places to pray to seek the Father. Everyone in this book who we respect did that. Everyone. They all had private and, 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 and quiet places where they can go to to pray. It can be your prayer closet. It can be your backyard. But it must be done in order to develop ourselves as Christians strongly. Paul says, God is my witness. He's the one who has witnessed me praying. And thus, we should all be able to say the same thing. God sees that I'm praying in that private place. Jesus said in Matthew 6, uh, verses 5 through 6, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. I mean, that's amazing what the Lord says. Go in private. Go and speak to your father in private. And God sees you there. God hears you there. And he rewards you openly. And we all want our open lives to be blessed. We are here at church in public, right? Public place. We are out in the open, you're out in the open at work. You're out in the open at home. You're out in the open everywhere you go. But if we want our open places to be blessed by God, God is saying, make sure you have private times of prayer. Private times of prayer. I love what Clarissa's saying, you know, take us to the valley of vision, you know, the, the pathway of prayers where the ancient fathers, you know, gathered their strength or whatever. It's, it is so true. We as Christians, we, we gather our strength. We gather our, our substance as Christians from the Lord in those quiet times. 
if we're going to be strong Christians in these days, we have to develop that private time of prayer. Psalm 105 verse 4 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek him, seek his face forevermore. Seek him and his strength. I mean, where do we get our strength from? It's from him. But we're called to seek him. To seek him. Psalm 34.10 says the young lions lack and suffer hunger. That's Psalm 34.10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And why are so many believers lacking so much peace? Lacking so much strength? Lacking so much joy? So much hope? So much love? Why? It's because there's a lack of that quiet time with the Lord. And if our Lord saw it best that he needed that, then shouldn't we do the same? Are we greater than our master that we think we can do Christianity without having some, some daily getaways with the Lord? Especially if we're retired, you know, and we're just at home or whatever. And, you know, we have time. We have to make the time. Wherever it's at, when I was working for Caltrans, I turned my first and second 15-minute breaks of the day into my prayer time with the Lord at work. I would just walk the fields across the street and, and pray because I needed strength from the Lord in order to do life. So I would say to people, to Christians, like, how do you even do life if you don't do that? You know, and, and we, you know, we have as much strength as those that are uh, non-believers, those that are in the world who don't have access. They, they too, don't don't seek the Lord, and we're kind of being like them. So, you know, there's that 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 real truth that as believers, we need to seek the Lord in quiet and private places. We cannot presume on the strength and the peace and the goodness of God in our life without having that. We, we, we as Christians have a relationship with God. This isn't a religion. Religion is lame and boring. We have a relationship. And Jesus made that relationship possible on the cross. When he died, he made a way for sinful man to be able to communicate with God. Without that substitutionary death, there is no pathway for man to be saved. So for those who think that they're going to heaven on their own merits or any other way, we as Christians say, then why did Jesus have to die? He died because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. And so Hebrews 4 verse 15 through 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can go to him anytime to find direction to find help, to find grace, to find a, a solution to our everyday problems. We have, we're complicated creatures as human beings. There's messes to clean up on aisle five. And when we come to the Lord, he helps us figure out our problems. That's the beauty of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's something the world does not understand. The world has to, they, they try to figure out their problems on their own, in their own ways. 
by their own knowledge and wisdom. And, and man is, is finite. What help can man give us in our complicated lives? Can't help. But he who created us knows exactly what will help. Exactly. And he gives that advice to his children. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, it's one of my favorites. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I learned, guys, to love to sit and pray with the Lord. I'm like you, you know, I mean, or most of you. When I sat in class, I my foot was... Uh, Anxious and what is it? You know when it shakes like that, or when you do that, what is that? Anyways, twitching or whatever. You know, I want, I want, I want. <laughs> the moment I sit down in the class, I want out of there. You know, and I've learned to enjoy to sit still before God, and it is something you have to learn, unless you're one of those people who just naturally can chill. You know, I just was like a racehorse wanting to run and play and jump around and hard to sit still. But I've learned as a Christian out of necessity, out of life is too crazy and too hard for me and I am ready and exhausted. And I will sit at the foot of the cross in prayer in a private place and I'm just going to chill until Lord, you fix my problems. You change my heart. You give me hope and love and joy and, and, and the things that I need. I'm not leaving until you bless me, like Jacob said. And, and I've learned to, and it says in Psalm 1611, write that down, Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I have learned that when I sit with the Lord, man, after a while, I feel good. I can sit here all day. It just, he overwhelms me with feelings of pleasure. He just does. And, um, but it takes time. It takes time because my spirit is willing, your spirit is willing, but the flesh is uh, a little bit jittery or, uh, you know, anxious to get up and go. You know, it takes time to calm our thoughts and, and our lives and to settle down so that we might hear his still small voice. It takes time. It's like the apostles, uh, Peter, James, and John at the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying before he went to the cross. He said to them, could you not pray with me for one hour? They were so weak in the flesh, they couldn't even pray with the Lord for an hour. And there's some of us who can't pray for a half hour. We're just getting up and going and we're wondering why Christianity don't work. Christianity does work, but prayer, laboring through, takes time. It's, it's, it's laborious sometimes because your flesh doesn't want to do it. So you have to say, that's it. I'm going to stamp out time. No one's going to get involved in this time. I'm gone. I'm gone. Ski. Shut off the phone and go and just boom. I'm going to do it and just chill. Get a... Get a a latte or something from Starbucks and go go chill somewhere and just drink it and I'm, I'm going to kick it with the Lord with some water and I'm going to chill go for a drive and stay there for a while and don't stay until you are pumped up in the Lord to, to, to walk in his ways to serve him to be engaged and involved in church it isn't like I'm you know some people are stronger than others 
You know, but it is true that some people are more spiritual than others. And, and if you ask the reason why they are, it is because they want to be, you see. I, I want to be more spiritual. I need to be more spiritual. My life is too uh, hard for me not to seek the Lord. I cannot pastor this church without it. I cannot. I need direction. I need the, the stinking gauge to go, boom. That's what you do, you know. I, there's too much going on. I need clarity. And clarity comes at the foot of prayer with the Lord. And the wisdom of God is first peaceable. He gives me peace. And you know what? Nothing that this world is doing in all its chaos and nothing that my friends, my family, neighbors, whoever, everyone can have their opinions on what is right or what is wrong. But man, when we spend time in the Lord, he gives such confidence that this is what I need and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to carry it out because I'm strong enough to because I've spent time with the Lord. And it says to seek his strength. And because I've sought him out, I have the strength to do what's right. And it doesn't matter if, 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 if it's to my detriment for a temporary moment. It doesn't matter if it hurts me, if, if it's something I don't want to do, if it's something I don't want to yield to. If God says, you know what, yield, I'm going to yield to my detriment, but it's to my blessing. And I believe one cannot mature without this kind of practice. One cannot mature without this kind of practice. Maturity... The flesh thinks that maturity is knowledge. It, maturity, part of it is knowledge. You got me there. You should grow in knowledge. You should grow in wisdom and in understanding. But I guarantee you, those things puff up. They cause us to be prideful. And if we don't have time in prayer with the Lord... And I'm not talking about corporate prayer. I'm talking about that individual prayer... Prayer to me is about, what did I say, I say on Thursday night? Prayer to me is about, is about, uh, it, it's about getting myself right before God. It's, 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 it's displaying to him what's wrong with me. It's a great time. I see your guys moving around in the Bible. I see some people moving around in the church, all happy and such. Why am I not? <laughs> and he'll just say, cuz, dude, Ryan, son, you know, and he'll work it out with me. And it's usually more death to self. More death to self. Jesus said, whoever desires to come after me, may he deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. And, you know, he saw the disciples, remember, disputing on the road. What were you guys disputing about on the road? Who's greatest? He grabbed a little kid and he brought him up and he goes, this is what's great. It's faith like this child. Children like this don't, don't want to demand their way. I'm not here to tell God what I'm going to do for him. I'm here to tell God, basically... Uh, a mess and what would you like me to do I appreciate you saving me what would you like me to do <laughs> you know and this is where he put me not because I'm a good teacher but because he has a big sense of humor <laughs> and he does amazing things through people he equips the called 
He doesn't call the equipped. I'm not here because he was up there in heaven saying, oh, who's the teacher amongst them? No. I'm a big picture of his good old grace so that everyone in the world can say, it sure wasn't that guy. It had to be God. Hebrews 5.14 is one of my favorites. Got it down? 5.14. says, but solid food belongs to those... Solid food belongs to those who are full, who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Senses exercised when we pray like that. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, Come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.